Well, tonight is a night of celebration. Um, again, we, we've put this goal in front of you guys for so long. And so tonight's message is going to be geared just a little bit towards that, towards that celebration. Um, but I don't want to use it all for that because it's not just a night of, of celebration as we've presented this goal. It's a night of reflection, a reflection of, of what got us here and, and what will continue to grow you as individuals in your recovery? Because I believe that the, the same things that God did through this ministry and, and through our church here is something that he does in our lives individually. And so I want to tell you just a little bit about recovery. And so recovery has been a part of, of Cedar Point Church for many years, um, close to a decade. And, and it didn't start off like this. You see, it started off in a box that, that when recovery started here, we did things the way that everyone else did them. We ministered to broken people the same way everyone else ministered to them. We loved them the same way that everyone else loved them. And it's not that there's something wrong with that, but as time went on, we realized that, that God had something different for us, that God had a different plan and a different purpose. But, but we, did, we did the good thing for so long, and we stayed within the confines of what everybody said we should do. And then as COVID hit, this ministry took a hit. And as it was beginning to come back, um, God gave our very own Caleb Spider, not me, I wish I could take credit for it, but he gave Jill and Caleb just a vision of what this ministry could be. And I'll forever be grateful for them for multiple reasons. They, they laid the foundation for this. They laid the groundwork for what we get to do here every Monday night. And, and, and I get to be here at the front and I get to take credit for so much, so much work that I didn't do. And so right now, I don't know if they're in here, but, but can we give them just a round of applause? I mean, and again, if you see Jill or Caleb and just tell them thank you because when this was really tough, when this was really hard, when nobody was showing up, they did. They were here, they held it together, they kept pressing forward, and they kept pushing. And, and they were the first to realize that, that this, this wasn't going to cut it anymore. They were the first to realize that it was time for Cedar Point to break out of that box, to push past, to confine to what everyone else said we needed to do. And they were the first to say, let's do something different. And from that day on, we started doing recovery different at Cedar Point Church, and God's continued to bless this and to bless us and, and hopefully to bless you all as you guys have sought something different. And, and he's brought us together in a unique way. I say this all the time, but, but I don't want it lost on any of us. This isn't normal. There's not this many people that show up on a Monday night at seven to seek God, to seek healing, and to seek change. God does a significant work in this place every Monday. And it's not because of me, it's because of him, because he's been so good to us. But that same vision, that the same box, we place ourselves in it each and every week, each and every day. And, it, and as we realize as a ministry, it's okay to do things differently. What I wanna help you to see tonight is it's okay for us to break out of the box that, that we've placed ourselves in. Maybe you've allowed yourself to be trapped because this is the family you come from and this is what they do. And this is all I'll ever be. This is all I'll ever do. Maybe it's your own brokenness and you've put constraints on your life, on your healing, on your growth. Maybe you've capped your success 
and you've told yourself, I can go no higher than this. And you've placed yourself in a box. And just like we've broken out of it as a group, I want you to see that you can push past, that you can break out of this box as an individual. You see, far too often, we limit God because we've limited ourselves. We look at our struggles. We look at the things in our lives and we tell ourselves, God can't do that because we've defined God by our own ability and our own power. We tell ourselves, we can't go that far. We can't go there. God can't do that. And it's because we've placed God in an, in an Aaron-sized box, you-sized box, and we've limited God by the size of our potential. We have to come to an understanding that his plan and his purpose for us is bigger than the limitations of our human reasoning. That's what we've done here. We've decided that there's no limit to what God can do on a Monday. That even though people said, man, 100 people, that's probably the best it'll ever get. We said, no, I don't think so. That, that when I started saying, you know what? We're gonna have 200 people here and there was 50. And I had people look at me, I just, I just don't see it. But God did, God does. And, and when I started to look at my own life and the things and, and seeing that, that maybe I can do this, not because I'm good, but because he's good. That I hope that you leave here tonight and, and there's no limit to the possibilities of the work of God in your life. That, that you look at this, the thing that God's done here, and I hope that it gives you hope. I hope it gives you encouragement. Again, not because of me, not because of anything I've done, because you can witness the mighty power of God every time you come here. And you can begin to take this box and just get it out of there. Who needs a box? Then we're gonna continue to, to raise the ceiling and push past limitations. And we must stop trying, again, to place him in a box and open our lives, open your lives to an inconceivable move of God. There's no limit in what he can do. He's no limit, there's no limit in what he can do in your lives. And so as we reflect tonight on what God's done here, I want you to contrast it to your life. Again, I want you to take this I want you to take the unusualness of what God's given us and I want you to draw from it hope and say, God can do anything because he can. God can open any door in your life because he can. God can heal any area of brokenness in your life. He can set you free from any addiction. He can provide you with restoration. There's no limit. Push away the box that you've placed God in and begin to seek him and to pursue him for something big, for something huge. And so tonight, I wanna share with you from the life of Gideon. And so Gideon, he was what we would call a judge. To give you a little context, Israel, the nation of Israel had been delivered from Egypt by Moses. Moses brought them out. They were pursuing the promised land and they got off track and they had to spend 40 years or so in the wilderness. And finally, when they entered the promised land, they entered under the leadership of a man named Joshua, a guy who served Moses before that. And as the Israelites came into the promised land, they were on fire for God. His miracles, the things that he had done, fresh in their mind, fresh in their memory, and they trust in him completely. But after time went on, they began to, to wane 
and to waver. I don't know if you guys have ever been that way, but there's been significant moves of God in my life personally. And as the days and the weeks and the months went by, I forgot how good he was and how much he's done. And, and the nation of Israel, they went through the same thing. And as their leader, Joshua, passed away, the 12 tribes really began to struggle. They began to, to worship false idols, false gods, which we do in our own lives. Man, we place so many things above the relationship we should have with Jesus. It might be your money, your house, your job. It might be relationships. It could be any number of things. But we allow those things to take control and to become our God. And, and the nation of Israel had done that and done that. And eventually God said, if you want to do it on your own, do it on your own. And he left them to their own devices. And in that moment, the surrounding nations, the nations that they began to look like, begin to invade, begin to steal, begin to come in and, and take the blessings of God from them. And so the book of Gideon, or the book of Judges, and the story of Gideon tells the rise of this mighty warrior and how God used him in significant ways. And so if you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to open them up to Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6. That's in our Old Testament. Judges, again, it tells the story of many warriors that God raised up to help steer the nation of Israel back to the place they should be. But Gideon's story is unique. I mean, God, the Bible gives it so much, um, many chapters, so much time, and, and I believe it's for, for a significant reason. And so Judges 6, starting in verse 1, it says, The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. So the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven years. The Midianites were so cruel that the Israels made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, caves, and strongholds. So here's this mighty nation of Israel. God had brought them to the promised land. They defeated. They defeated everybody they came against. I mean, God dropped the walls of Jericho. They crossed the Jordan River. Incredible things. And they go from, from being on top to hiding in caves and strongholds. And it goes on, and it says, whenever the Israelites planted their crops, marauders from Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east would attack Israel, camping in the land and destroying crops as far away as Gaza. They left the Israelites with nothing to eat, taking all the sheep, goats, cattle, and donkeys. These enemy hordes, coming with their livestock and tents, were as thick as locusts. They arrived in droves of camels too numerous to count, and they stayed until the land was stripped bare. So Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. And so here, in their anguish, as they'd moved away from the plan and purpose of God, it was in this moment that time and time again they would turn back. And this gives us such a great picture of our lives. I love the Lord so much in my time of need. And when things are going good, it's so easy to forget how much I depend on him. And the nation of Israel had done the same thing. Continuing, it says, when they cried out to the Lord because of Midian, the Lord sent a prophet to the Israelites. He said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I brought you up out of slavery in Egypt. I rescued you from the Egyptians and from all who oppressed you. I drove out your enemies and gave you their land. I told you, I am 
the Lord your God. You must not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live, but you've not listened to me. And so God begins to remind them, I've done this for you. I've been there for you. I've been good, but, but you chose to go your own way. You chose to live in a way that, that didn't reflect the plan and the purpose that I have for you. And because of that, your life's a wreck. This is the story of our lives. These are the things that drive us into addiction. These are the things that drive us to adultery, that drive us to gamble, because we, we step away from the plan and the purpose of God. He's laid it out before us. And in these moments, we step back and we step in to struggle because we think that we know, because we think that we can. And we try to do things our own way. And we find ourselves being oppressed by things we've brought on to ourselves. But there's hope. There's hope. And point number one is this, that God gives vision to the visionless. That when you're blind, when you can't see, you can't see a way out. Maybe your struggle is so deep, so dark that you can't see your hand in front of your face. That when you begin to cry out to God, when you begin to seek him in your struggle, when you begin to pursue him in your recovery, that the sightless gain sight, that the visionless, they gain vision, that, that we can begin to see something different if we'll turn back to him in our time of need. In Judges 6.11, it says, then, then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Oprah, which belonged to Josh, the clan of Abazar. Gideon, son of Josh, was threshing wheat at the bottom, say bottom, the bottom of a wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. So here we have Gideon. Gideon is not facing the Midianites. Gideon is hiding at the bottom of a wine press, threshing wheat. That, that in this moment, he's still lost. He's still far from God. He doesn't even know who he is. But God appears to him. This angel of the Lord is presented to him and presents him with this vision. And again, he says, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. The significant thing is that God sees our potential before we see it. That as we lean into him, maybe your story has been stuffed in the box and it's broken and it's lost, it's hurting, it's full of habits, it's full of strongholds, but God is trying to speak to you in this moment and saying, wake up, mighty hero. What are you doing in the bottom of this wine press? What are you doing hiding from the problems that I've already given you victory over? And this angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and began to give him this vision not of who he was, but of who he could be. Not of what he was doing, but of who he could become. And the same it can be true of us. That if we'll break free of the box, if we'll open our eyes to the plan and the purpose of God, if we'll lean into his voice, he may be speaking to you right now. Wake up, mighty hero. I've called you to something great. I've called you to something better. I've called you to, to fix your marriage. You're, you're free from addiction. You, you can have restoration. It's yours. 
wake up, mighty hero. The Lord is with you. What, what had Gideon done to this point? Nothing. He's hiding. But God gives vision to the visionless. He sees our potential before we see it ourselves. But we've got to step out of the box. We've got to open ourselves up to an inconceivable move of God. You cannot define yourself by your past. You cannot define yourself by your family. You can only define yourselves by the potential of God. Because as we come into relationship with him, he's the one that gives us power. He's the one that gives us ability. He's the one that breaks us free and allows us to grow and to pursue something different. He gives vision to the visionless. Say, I can see. see. Oh, we can do better than that. Say, "I I can see. We have to open our eyes to what God already wants to do. If you're unhappy, God's probably not happy with where you're at. God wants to restore the broken things in your life. God wants to free you from the things that hold you back. God wants you to step out of the box and wake up to the fact that he's called you to something great. Continuing in verse 13, Sir, Gideon replied, blows my mind. An angel of the Lord's appeared to Gideon and he says, Sir, uh, Sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites? We drive ourselves to dark places. God shows up and calls us to something better. He presents us with vision and we say stupid things like this. Why have you done this to us, God? You did it to yourself. Stop blaming God. Accept the vision that he's given you. Realize that he's called you to something better and say, God, I'm ready. God, I'm ready. I see. I'm, I'm ready to, to break the mold, to break the chains, to step out of what I've been stuck in for so long. Step in to what God's called you to. Gideon replies, or in verse 14, it says, then the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have. Say you have. have. Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. Gideon says, why has all this happened? Why are we oppressed? And the angel of the Lord says, go with the strength you have, as in you already have what you need. Go with that. This problem that you accuse me of bringing upon you, I'm sending you. That, that oftentimes, those, those areas of our life that, that's broken, the thing that needs fixed, the thing that we're sitting on the couch waiting for God to deal with, he's called you. He's called you. Your broken relationship, maybe he's called you to fix it. He's called you to step in. The struggle and addiction, he's called you. Go with what he sent you with, he's called you. He's sending you to fix the things in your life. Accept the vision of God. Accept the call of God and realize that 
maybe he's called you to move in those areas that you feel are so dark, to move in those areas that you feel are, are so far gone. And maybe he's already given you everything you need. Point number two is this, he equips us for our calling. He equips us for our calling. Again, he said, go with the strength you have, as in it's already there. What you need is already there. Go with the strength you have. Rescue Israel from the Midianites. I'm sending you. I'm sending you. God, he equips us for our calling. In verse 15, it says, but Lord, but Lord, here Gideon is in a conversation with an angel from God and he finds himself in argument. What an incredible picture of our lives. As, as we pray and we call out to God and he begins to speak to us and we say, ah, that can't be an answer to my prayer. That's a lot of work. That, 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 can't, be, that can't be the answer, God. You're supposed to do everything while I sit here. And God's saying, I'm sending you. You have what you need. It's already yours. God equips us for our calling. But Gideon says, but Lord, how can I rescue Israel? And then he begins to remind God of who he is and where he comes from. He says, my clan is the weakest in the whole tribe. And I am the least of my family. He's like, God, I don't know if you know, but I'm like old school poor. We're, we're not from that kind of family. There's just no way, no way that you could be calling me to fix my life. Like, no way. But God's already equipped us. God had already equipped Gideon. God wasn't surprised about where Gideon came from. He didn't stroll up on the, the wrong wine press and, and catch the wrong Israelite threshing wheat at the bottom of it. God knew exactly who he was speaking to. God knew exactly who he was calling. But Gideon had placed himself in a box and said, I'm no good for this. I, I'm from the least of the 12 tribes and I'm the least of my family. There's no way that you could be speaking to me. There's no way that, that I can do any of the things you've called me to. You know, my, my personal story, as many of you know, that um, this is not my story. I wasn't raised in church. I, I didn't grow up in this community. This is not where I come from. But, but God approached me in brokenness, far from him, in the middle of sin, and he said, these areas I'm calling you to. I'm sending you to. And I began to argue with God. That can't be me. That can't be me. My sister who's in the crowd, she joined in. She's like, That's, you're right, that can't be you. <laughs> but God had already equipped me for things that, that were beyond my understanding. Things that, that I, still to this day, don't understand how I'm called to. But God doesn't call the qualified. We've all heard this. He, he qualifies the called, that, that if we place ourselves in a box, we miss the things that he's already done, that he's gonna do. And the thing that he's called us to 
it's big. And the more broken the person, the more big God appears at the end of it. And that's what it's all about, is glorifying him and lifting him up. Gideon said, you don't know me. You don't know my story. This can't be me. And so for years, we placed this ministry in a box. For years, I placed my life in a box. And maybe for years, you've placed yours there too. And again, it's time that that we push past it, that we stop limiting God based on who we are and where we come from. And we realize that anything is possible. Anything is possible. In verse 16, the Lord said to him, I will be with you and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. Why would Gideon find success? Was it because of the, his family? Because of his tribe? Was it because he was hiding? He's such a great hide and secret. No, because God is with him. Why do we find success in recovery? God is with us. How can I have success in my marriage? God is with us. Staying sure because I'm not a good husband. I mean, trust me. Trust me, if it was based off my strength, Janelle would have left a long time ago. But because God is with us, great things take place. How can you push past generational curses? Maybe your family story's alcoholic after alcoholic after alcoholic. You can break that because God is with you. Maybe everyone in your family is divorced, divorced, divorced. Generation after generation of brokenness. How can you find success? God is with you. Whatever your story is, wherever it is you come from, stop reminding God of how inept you are and remind yourself that God is with you. So he's in, the Lord said to him, I will be with you and you will destroy the Midianites as if you're fighting against one man. And so his success pivoted on one thing, that God would be with him. Hebrews 13, 20, it says, Now may the God of peace, who brought you up from the dead, our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood, may he equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ. Through the power of who? Jesus Christ. Through Aaron's power? Heavens no. It's completely inadequate. Thank goodness that I don't have to face a single day under my own strength or my own ability. That, That right here, may he equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing to him and all glory to him forever and ever, amen. That when we face the things in our lives, not only does he give us vision for something different, but he equips us. That when we come into that relationship with his son, we're empowered, chains are broken, generational curses, we're freed from them. That we get to pursue something different, not because we come from the least of these, but because we belong to the greatest of these, because the power power of Jesus is inside of us. He gives vision to the visionless and he equips us for whatever he's called us to. And he's called you to step out of those broken places. He's called you to healing. He's called you to freedom. It's already yours. 
It was bought and paid for long before we showed up. And there's not a thing about your life that surprises him. Maybe you're hiding at the bottom of the wine press tonight, hiding from your struggles. Maybe you're hiding at the bottom of a bottle or wherever it may be. And God has showed up and he says, I'm calling you mighty warrior. I'm sending you to fix the things in your life. And I've already given you everything you need. And we just have to step into it and pursue it and realize that we're not going to be constrained to any box this world places us in, but we're going to pursue the things of God with a boldness, knowing it's already ours. Again, he equips us for our calling. And point number three is this. He is faithful to see us through. He is faithful to see us through. The story of Gideon, um, I wish I had more time to go through it all. It's so incredible what God does through, through this single man who was willing to, to recognize and accept the call of God. But, but the Lord was with him. And because the Lord was with him, Gideon found victory over the Midianites. That not only did he find victory, but God sent him with only 300 soldiers and they conquered a massive army, not because of their ability, but because of God's. Because God is faithful to see us through. 2 Timothy 2.11 through 13 says this. This is a trustworthy saying. If we die with him, we will also live with him. If we endure hardship, we will reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful for he cannot deny who he is. Who's God? He's faithful. Say, God is faithful. God is faithful. And, and I love that because I get off track, that, that I'm broken, that I want to do the right thing all the time. But that's not always the case. And so in those moments that, that I might fail, he never does. But those moments that, that I might trip, that I might stumble, he never does. That the thing he's called me to, the thing that he's equipped me for, as long as I wake up, even when I've screwed up and say, God, I just want to do better. I'm going to pursue you. And I continue to turn to him. He's always there, arms wide open, because he is faithful to see us through. Philippians 1.6 says this, and I'm certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. God is faithful. He doesn't leave any story unchanged. He doesn't leave any work unfinished. That the things that God has begun in you, the, the move that, that you felt at one point you may have gotten off track. God did not. And at any moment, if you would turn back to him and begin to pursue him again, God is faithful. He'll pick, he'll pick right up where you left off. He'll pick right up where you turned away. And he'll continue to do the things in you that he began. And he'll continue to see them through till the day they're finished when Christ Jesus returns. Isn't it so incredible that no matter what we do, God is faithful. And at any moment, any moment, we can come back and receive his mercy, his grace, his forgiveness, and he'll continue to do the things in our lives that he's already begun. Again, point number three, he is faithful 
to see us through. He is faithful to see us through. To recap tonight, point number one was this. God gives vision to the visionless. Maybe you've only ever seen yourself one way. Maybe you've limited yourself in significant ways. Begin to pray to God and say, God, who do you say I am? God, what do you say I can do? God, where do you say I can go? And ask God to give you a vision of what what his plan is for your life. Number two, he equips us for our calling. The vision God gives us You're equipped for it. If God begins to speak to you and tell you, this is my plan for you, this is my purpose for you, know that you're equipped for it. Know that you're equipped for it. And number three, he is faithful to see us through. God doesn't quit. God doesn't fail us. God doesn't abandon us. He doesn't leave us. God is faithful to see us through. And as he's given us vision, of who we can be, as he's given us vision of what we can do and where we can go. He equips us and he's there with us every step of the way until the day that Christ Jesus returns, the day that that work is completed. And so tonight, all of this we talk about, everything pivots on a relationship with Jesus. When you say, Pastor Aaron, how can I have vision for my life? Like, I, you don't know my story. I don't need to. I know this, that, that when we humble ourselves to Jesus Christ, when we seek a relationship with him, when we call upon him in faith and understanding of who he is, we're saved and we get a brand new purpose. We're, we're new creatures, new creations. And so tonight, as we begin to close here in just a moment, we're gonna have our chip prayers come up. And if you're in here tonight and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we wanna call you to that tonight. We, we wanna call you to make the greatest decision that you can ever make. And it's humbling yourself before him and saying, God, I'm ready. I'm ready to be yours. I'm ready to seek the things that you have for me. I'm ready for that vision you have for my life. I'm ready to pursue your plan and your purpose. And so if you're in here tonight, again, I wanna encourage you to come down in just a moment and allow us to pray with you and for you and lead you for the very first time into a relationship with Jesus. If you're in here, maybe you've made this decision before and and you've gotten off track and you're like, Pastor Aaron, can, can I recommit? Can I come back home? Ha, have I messed it up too much? No. God is always waiting. Again, we may be unfaithful. He never is. We may leave him. He'll never leave us. And maybe in your brokenness, you wandered so far away. It's not too far for the love of God and his grace and his mercy to call you back home. And so if you're in here tonight and you want to recommit, you realize that in this moment, it's time to come home. We wanna encourage you to come down again. Let us pray with you. Let us pray for you so that you can receive the grace of Jesus again. And then maybe you're in here and God's just been bringing something to the forefront of your mind. That's something you've been dealing with, struggling with, holding on to for, for so long. And you recognize that tonight in this moment that you're ready to give it up I wanna encourage you to step out of your chair in an act of faith 
and to come down here and to grab one of our white chips. There's nothing significant about the chip itself, but sometimes it's in that moment, in that act of commitment to God, that act of surrender, that he does something significant. And and I wanna encourage you to pick up one of these chips, not because it's special, but just as a reminder so that you know I've given this to Jesus. I've laid this at the foot of the cross. And then lastly, maybe you're in here tonight and you just need prayer. You're just like, man, my life has been hard. I've been struggling. I just need somebody to journey with me. We would love to do that for you. We would love to journey with you in prayer. And so if you're in here tonight and you just need somebody to pray with you, let let it be us. Let us journey with you. And so for any of those things, to give your life to Jesus for the first time, to recommit, to pick up a white chip, or just to receive prayer tonight, as our chip prayers and huggers come up, I wanna encourage you to take that, that step of faith and to step out of your chair and to come down and start a brand new journey. As we close, if you guys would stand to your feet and join us in worship.